Before today's Educator Escape episode, I wanted to bring something to your attention really quick. If your school, your classroom needs earbuds or headphones, please, please consider TFD Supplies. That's tfdsupplies.com and you'll get them for 55 cents each. That's right, 55 cents for your regular earbuds. You're already using them probably for testing, your school store, your library, all these places. 55 cents each. You are not going to beat the price. Unconditional lifetime warranty. Free shipping anywhere in the USA. Over 500,000 earbuds in stock in 12 different color options. Please consider TFD Supplies the next time your school, your classroom needs earbuds. And now, today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Educators Cape Podcast. My name is Seth Tripp and today is Thursday, November 29th, 2018. Thank you for listening in today. I hope everyone is having a great week back after Thanksgiving break. In case you missed our episode on Tuesday, you missed the first part of my interview with Disrupt Ed TV founder and creator Richard Allen about his beginnings in education, from teacher to administrator to visionary of this wonderful tool that brings all of these great teachers right into your home every day in an effort to change business as usual in education, or in his words, disrupt ed, if you excuse the pun. If you did not listen to that episode, I highly recommend that you do so before going any further. Yesterday on the Educatorscape blog, I discussed why we should be open to new ideas and why even old dogs can learn new tricks. Check it out on educatorscape.com. After today's episode, go subscribe to the podcast wherever you'd like to listen in to podcasts. I'm currently on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, and Spotify. After you have subscribed, go give the show a review. As of right now, you can only review on iTunes and Stitcher and comment on CastBox. Please take some time to review us on any of those sites. It helps our podcast grow. One note for those of you that listen on Google Play, Google is making some changes to how you can listen to Google Podcasts. Google is phasing out the Google Play Store for podcasts and switching to their own podcast app. So if Google is where you listen to your podcasts, make sure that you go and download the Google Podcast app to stay current with our podcast and any others that you listen to. You can also find the podcast on social media. After you subscribe, go search Educator Escape on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. After you find our page, hit the like button on Facebook and hit the follow button on Instagram and Twitter. Because our show is interview-based, I am always looking for new and exciting guests for the podcast. If you know of somebody that is doing awesome work in education, please either message me on social media or email me at seth.educatorescape at gmail.com. Also, if you have any suggestions or comments for the podcast, you can send them to me there as well. On today's podcast, I finish up my conversation with creator and founder of Disrupt Ed TV, Richard Allen. Richard tells us more about what they're doing at Disrupt Ed TV and some of the guests and contributors to the program and what their vision is going forward. Here's part two of my conversation with Richard Allen. My wife teaches in the Rittner School District, which is in the North County in St. Louis, and St. Louis has really been struggling as of late when it comes to education, but in her school district, they are the most diverse school district in the state, so it's about 40% African American, 20% Hispanic, and 10% Asian. There's over 300 languages that are spoken at home just in the within the school district. And 
two years ago, you, the valedictorian was daughter of Mexican immigrants. You know, nice. And nice. and you just and have a class of you know six hundred and fifty seven hundred people, and I think what you're getting at when it comes to empowering that student to totally just flip the tables on what people think about them and their and their generation, I think it's just amazing. How how did you guys get so many people to buy into this idea so quick? Because it seems like oh, a few years ago we had the big thing was the the TED talks, and I still do that. And it, and you're here, you're like combining TED talks with like I, when I was thinking when you were talking, I was thinking, and you were naming all those names. I was thinking like, wow, this is like you know. Socrates and the in the in the, the Greek, you know, everybody's right. just standing around and we're just talking, we're just bouncing ideas off of each other, and you have all these great minds sitting in one, in in one place. How did you get all these people to buy in with what you were, you know, for lack of better terms, selling? Well, because they all had a story. They they all had a story, and uh, and and they need to be told. In fact, we have a, a woman by the name of Molly, Dr. Molly Ness. She's uh uh, she she wrote a book, and because she was she co-authored a book, and because she wasn't the featured author, the uh, publishing company doesn't give her the publicity that the other guy does. And uh, so she wrote an article, and she said, you know, does anybody would anybody like to publish it? Anybody know who could publish? I said, Molly, give me a call. And and then uh, within a couple of days, I had published the article, and coincidentally. It, we had just received from Medium. Are you familiar with Medium.com? Yes. Medium, yes. they uh, published. Yeah, we were just uh, voted one of the top education magazines in uh, for Medium, and this was two Saturdays ago. And I and Molly, she just wrote that. Said, "Are you serious? Would you publish?" I said, "Absolutely." These these people have a story to tell. They they want to tell their story. Like you have a story to tell, and you want to tell it, but. Education isn't sexy, so you're not going to get it. <clears throat> not going to get it on prime time. And uh, you know, we're, there's there was a story about a superintendent who did something really outrageous. And I was getting calls from people in, in Texas, and Georgia, Pennsylvania, New York, saying, "Hey, what's going on with the superintendent?" I said, "I don't know." Uh, I mean, I did know, but I said, "But did you hear what? Did you hear what Sky Donzelli did?" No. What did she do? And I told her about the robotics. And I said, "Did you know that?" There was a there's a student high school student who entered a techno a, a steam competition and he created a portable runway so that planes could land in third world countries and therefore they could deliver supplies to to those people who are impoverished and they said are you kidding me I said you want to know the weird thing about it he came in third place there were two high school students who had better ideas than that but and, and I said well but what about that superintendent I said well the problem is. We're always focusing in on the, on those outliers because those people that get the negative press, those are really outliers. They're not really representative of, of you or your wife, are they? They're, they don't they don't have the same mission or vision. The fidelity of your mission isn't isn't in line with those people who are outliers. You know that you read about that get suspended and put in, you know, or put on probation. There, but the outliers tend to make it into the news. And the people like yourself, like your wife, like all these teachers I'm talking about, they have a story to tell because by telling their story, they can empower other people you know, to, to create that. They don't want to change the world, 
per se. What they want to do is they want to inspire other people to do what they do. And then also to, and then to create a professional learning network where they can feed off of other people and learn and grow from them. I think about Mark Natanagara, most probably one of, uh, Dr. Mark Natanagara is one of the most humble people you ever meet. And he runs a maker fest in Tom's River, New Jersey, that, that is second to none. And he gives these teachers and students a forum. It's a full day maker fest where they get a forum to show off these things that they've invented in their classrooms or that they're pushing. I just went to an ed camp in New Brunswick, New Jersey, uh, this past Saturday. Teachers are asking us and presenters are asking, are you coming to, uh, are, are you going to come in and, and watch my presentation? So I, I'm actually here to learn and you might not, I, and, and they, they, what they wanted me to do was film them and, and take, you know, take videos or pictures of them so that the world could see what they were doing. And it's only one of me. It was me and Tracy. Tracy's our is our host for the show and you know mm -hmm. she was she happened to be presenting and then asked to present the second time but the teachers were excited to see that they were getting recognition and they were being validated for what they do and i think that's just what teachers want and and, and leaders too and students they want to be validated they want to know that what they're doing is meaningful to other people they're they're purposeful and they're intentional and they just want to be validated uh, and i'm sure you and your wife's probably feel the same way too is that is somebody recognizing the hard work we're doing we're trying we're, tr we're doing we can't change the whole world but the part of the world that we that we belong to that we have control over we're doing the very best we can and right. if everybody does that you know a little bit plus a little bit plus a little bit plus a little bit equals a lot and if everybody's doing everybody's being validated and everybody's being asked to to, uh, to be held to a higher standard because somebody cares we could really change the way we do education. Right. And we could change how people perceive education too. I know you've been talking about some of them, but we have so many so-called problems in our current school system when it comes to maybe, you know, kids. We have so many of these. I was talking to a teacher yesterday. I was a teacher over in Columbia, Illinois. And he was just talking about all the different ways that he needs to teach and feels compelled to teach because of all the, you know, differentiated learning styles that we have these days. And some schools or some areas of the country maybe are not changing when it comes to meeting those needs. How do you feel Disrupt Dead? Disrupt Dead. Di Disrupt yeah. Dead TV is attacking those problems and and do you think that you know, uh, a difference is being made with what you're putting out there i do uh, well we get contacted by different school districts who are saying you know we don't know if we should, we know you're free and on demand but uh would you mind if we showed these at our professional development we can't afford there's some school districts that can't afford professional development mm -hmm. or they can only afford to send a few people out at a time so that can we show your episodes um, either in, the, in, our, in their PLCs and in professional learning centers or in the professional development after school or in-service training. And so then go ahead, show them and have a discussion and give us some feedback and uh, let us know if there's something else you want to see. And I also think that, you know, people only know what they know and they can't change what they don't, they don't know can be changed. And when they watch our shows, Say, you know, I never thought of it that way. Well, what I would say is we, you know, what we're trying to do is give people permission to be awesome. To, to, to watch a show 
to watch a show and, and then say, no, this resonates with me and bring it to your superintendent, bring it to your principal, or the principal brings it to his boss uh, or his curriculum the, the coordinator and said, how do we do this in our school? You know, and how do we how do we do it so that it's effective in our school? And look what I've learned today. You know, starting with creating creating a climate and a culture where where students can learn, and and maybe changing the way we do things. You know, Tracy Severns talks about question storming when everybody is doing. You know, talks about brainstorming ideas when, and she's really talking about question storming. And the, the whole idea of, about Dr. Bob Hochschild from the University of Central Florida talks about brainstorming being a flawed science that in 19. 57 or sometime around there, the idea of brainstorming came out as a way of attacking problems, only to find out that it was flawed. Now, really what we should look at is question storming. So how, how do you teach teachers to ask better questions? We want better answers from the students, ask better questions. How about creating a school culture and a climate where students feel safe? And once they feel safe and teachers feel safe, they'll want to learn. And thinking of, well, we were running a a show on school safety. It was a panel discussion on school safety, and I'm, I'm trying to remember. I want to say it was the sheriff of Monmouth County, Sean Golden, but I'm not sure who it was. But he, his idea was, how about not isolating the students from this important conversation about creating a safe school? How about have the students hack the school and show the administrators how you can break into the school, you know, and, and get them involved in in the school in the school safety. And look at the work of Rick Jeter and uh, and Rebecca Coda, uh, or Mike Lubenfeld and J, um, and P J Capozzi uh, doing all and all their work on student voice. And how about not not uh, disenfranchising students, but make them part of the decision making in the school. You know, our schools come in, uh, our students come into school uh, thinking, well, it's us against them because we've created that environment where it's us against them. Mm-hmm. But what if the schools, what if the schools validated students? We do a show uh, called Student Voice, and Bobby. Uh, Bobby Dykeman is the host of the show, and he's a senior, so I keep telling him he's going to work himself out of a job if he decides to graduate because <laughs> we want another high school student to be the host. And it's students talking about talking to students about their engagement in the school, in running the school, and be amazed at how many students say, I don't have a say, when 47, to, according to the Quaglia report, 47% of the students said nobody cares. It was it, uh, who, who was the, the professor that said, uh, I shouldn't ever have to take attendance uh, because if you're absent, you'd be missed. And how many students actually feel like they're missed when they're not in school that day? Hmm. You know, so it, it, we're, we're still doing that teacher behind the desk, uh, kids in rows, when maybe we should outlaw teacher desks. And, and maybe we should go to flexible schedule, flexible seating and get the kids in an environment where, they're, where, where they want to learn and where they have a say in how they're going to learn. If we're teaching skills in English class, then why are we dictating what book to read? You know, think of a Tim Smith. I don't know if you're familiar with Tim Smith, but he, he, teaches, uh, he teaches literacy and reading and, and, their, and his skills through the use of comic books. And he's engaged these uh, at-risk learners and they're becoming readers because Tim Smith, S M Y T H, he is he's engaging them in in reading, and then the kids are enjoying it. And uh, and and uh, you know to follow a comic book. I don't know the last time you read a comic book, but oh, uh, all the time. Yeah, oh, do, do you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you've got to watch the characters, and you've got to read, and you've got to follow where the conversation goes, and you know, you're anticipating what's happening, you're wondering what the author's purpose is, 
it's an amazing stuff that uh, that that that's out there. And but we we have to get away from teaching in a traditional way and and get it so that the students are partners in the in the school and owners of their learning. You know, who owns the learning in a classroom? Is it the teacher or is it the student? If you say it's the teacher, well, you're gonna you're gonna lose the important component of the class, the students. If you tell them, they tell me that the teachers, that the students own the learning, then I think, I think you're, you're going to start winning the battle. One of the things that I started doing, not because I had a great idea, because I stole a great idea, mm-hmm. is parent-teacher conferences, where my students ran to teach parent-teacher conferences. The students sat on the end of the desk. The parents came in. Uh, they sat down. Uh, the students put out his work put out his grades and answered a series of questions. What I did, how I got here, what I need to do to improve, why I got the grade I got in this past test. And the most important question, you know what the most important question is, Seth? Hmm. Mom and dad, this is what I need for you to be more successful in class. Wow. So, but we don't do that. Parent-teacher conferences, the kid waits outside or stays home. Mom and dad come home either happy or ready to kill the kid because, you know, Mrs. Smith said that uh, you're talking too much. And the kids don't, no, no, I was participating. Right, but you weren't raising your hand. Oh, but what if, what if the teacher was in, what if the student was in charge of their own parent-teacher conference? It'd be different, wouldn't it? Right, it would. Um, yeah. And then when you hold when the student holds the parent accountable, I need you to do this. This is how you can help me. Pretty powerful stuff. Right. I was talking with a gentleman who is a teacher in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and uh, he writes a an education article for a newspaper there. And he wrote an article a few weeks ago about that very thing is that is if you don't let students assist their parents in what they need, then, you know, it, it's not going to it's, it's not going to to work. Right. Right. I haven't talked much because I've honestly been sitting here just taking it all in and, and, and learning while I go along. But it's been an education. Tell me about what your goal is in the future. Where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, what is the the long-range goal for Disrupt Ed TV and, and your mission? What I would want is every day I walk into the office and there's a bank of computers where I have, where I have um, people editing shows that uh, we just filmed, most of them live, some of them, um, you know, some people don't want to be filmed live, and, uh, live so that we're filming... 10 shows a day and put and and putting out 10 shows a day in studio plus the other shows that we're put that we have we have a show on school safety we have a show on student voice we even have one on on on, uh, on health this is called disrupt health uh, we have another show about uh, careers that are coming out you know disrupting careers and how students and and even adults uh, look for look for jobs in today's economy we have one on smart discipline we have that's coming out, another one on professional development. So what I want is it constantly produced so that there's a silo for every teacher to say, well, these might right now don't pertain to me, but these do. But I want to be an administrator one day, so these will. Or I want to go into supervision, or I want to do curriculum, and these do. Or, or you just watch all of them. And, so, and, then, and then we get calls from people saying, can you do something on mindfulness? We, uh, we're working with a woman by the name of Shilpi who 
started, uh, she, she created a character and she does two minute films on mindfulness, which we're going to be producing uh, starting in January. And uh, we just signed a contract with Sensational Kids and they're going to do something, a different show, but, but also on mindfulness. So when, when we get a call saying we'd like to, we'd like to do this, or we'd like to do that, could we have more of this? We could just call in those experts and we could either do it through Zoom or we could have them come in studio and create something for teachers to say, I need this. That's what I want. I want to constantly put out content out there so that every teacher, regardless of where you teach, a charter school, a private school, a Christian school, uh, uh, homeschooling. Homeschooling is big now. You know, small elementary schools, large elementary schools. So there, there's something for everybody. And my 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 hope is that parents start to watch, mm-hmm. and so they know what the expectations are for their teachers, and that board members watch, and they know what to expect. That it's not business as usual anymore because we are now creating students to be prepared for a workforce where. The, the jobs they're going to be in haven't been invented yet. Right. Um, yeah. Have you seen the, the video, uh, the, the, the slope of the curve, uh, coming out of Working Nation with uh, Jane Oates? No, I haven't. What's it called again? <clears throat> if you, it's called the slope of the curve. Um, okay. And it's a, a short video, but uh, it, it, it's very short, and but it shows you, you know, the, the, the transition of this world in, in the work. So we're, we're preparing students similar to how my parents' teachers were preparing my parents for school, but the jobs that they went into were already existed and they could be slipped into the, you know, in, in, into that, you know, into that field very seamlessly. But now... With it, with innovation. There's a what's the book? Uh, it's called um, uh, "Thank You for Being Late," and it uh, talks about the innovations that came after 2007, and now it's constantly changing. You know, you by the time you get your newest iPhone, it's out, outdated because you have something new coming, and the people behind it are now the coders, the people who are creating, you know, creating these innovations uh, that uh, that you'll see uh, with the AR and, and VR and. Uh, uh, and coding technology. Are, are, are your, is your school preparing students for a world where coders are going to be needed? Uh, but then on the other hand, we still need those service industries. And we, we've changed vocational schools so that a lot of vocational schools are now like highly skilled schools in, say, biology or biotech, medical science. But we forgot about air conditioning and heating and refrigeration. And, and those, are, those are skills that we really need and professions that we have to prepare our kids for. And if you're sitting in a Shakespeare class or in a calculus class, are, are those kids getting ready for those jobs that are high-paying jobs? So what, what I want to do is, uh, is, is show the evolution of education and how it's evolving, how it should evolve at, with pace, uh, with the economy and with economic development and with jobs and the creation of jobs and, and innovations and technology. And with, with the hope that schools, that kids don't have to wait to graduate with their masters to become innovators, you know, have to do what Bill Gates didn't drop out of an Ivy League school to, 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 to finish what he started. How about become entrepreneurs coming right out of middle school and high school? <clears throat> and so your choice is be an entrepreneur and start your business at graduation 
uh, or go into the military or go uh, continue in the college if that's what you want to do. You know, but all of them being viable, viable ways to make a living, to support your community and, uh, and, to, and to, to be value added to the world. Right. No, that's, uh, that's amazing. And the, the, what I think about when I think about what you're talking about, about people that are you know, starting, not waiting until you're 24, 25 to be innovative and, you know, yeah. being 15, 16, 17. It's really, this is, I'm a history teacher, so it makes me think about when we, our nation was founded, all of our founding fathers graduated from college when they were 16 and 17 right. from Ivy League schools and they were ready to make a difference. And there's no reason that those kids can't do that. Richard, I, I thank you so much for, for joining me. It has been, it's been truly a, a, a pleasure to have you on. Oh, my, my play. I hope I didn't uh, didn't dominate too much, but you get me on a roll, and I'm passionate about this, and uh, uh, so I appreciate the opportunity. And um, you know, it, it was almost like we just did a disrupt Ed TV show, didn't it? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, you know, and, I, and I, I appreciate that you have a forum because uh, we can't do it all. We have to share the load. You know, education is a shared responsibility. You know, one of the things you'll see with Disrupt Dead TV is if you have a podcast and, and uh, you tag us, we'll pass it along. Um, if you have a, sh- a show, we'll pass. We're you know we're we're, we're about about sharing the wealth, and um, you know we're we're not in competition. I th- I find I feel like we're in partnership. Big, big thank you to Richard Allen of Disrupt Ed TV for joining me this week. I had so many people tell me about how much they enjoyed listening to you speak. It was truly a pleasure and honor to have you on the program. If you'd like to learn more about Disrupt Ed TV, follow them on Twitter at Disrupt Ed TV. You can also find them on the web at disrupt-edtv.com. Thank you all for listening in today. If you'd like to keep track of the show on social media, search Educator Escape and hit the follow button on Instagram and Twitter and hit the like button on Facebook. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I want you to be the first to get all of our new episodes. After you have subscribed, go give us a review. It helps us get noticed. If you know of any educators who are doing exceptional work and you would love for them to be highlighted on the podcast, please let me know by emailing me at set.educatorscape at gmail.com and I would love to feature them on the show. Yesterday on the Educator Escape blog, I discussed why we should be open to new ideas and why even old dogs can learn new tricks. Check it out on EducatorEscape.com. Today's quote is a reminder to keep innovating. Once you have an innovation culture, even those who are not scientists or engineers, poets, actors, journalists, they, as communities, embrace the meaning of what it is to be scientifically literate. They embrace the concept of an innovation culture. They vote in ways that promote it. They don't fight science, and they don't fight technology. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Thank you all for listening today. I hope everybody tunes in next week on Tuesday for my discussion with award-winning media teacher Jane Bannister. Have a great day. I'm out of here. <laughs>